Hello, welcome back to Back in My Play. This is episode number 46. For this episode, we're going to be talking about a Sega Saturn classic, Panzer Dragoon, and we got a great lineup for you this episode. First off, back from the uh, Player One podcast, our designated hitter when it comes to all things Sega, that is Greg Seward. Greg, how are you doing? Oh, good. You had me at Sega Saturn. All right. Yeah, I think this is our, I believe it or not, our second Sega Saturn game in many months, uh, with the last one being uh, Shin Shinobi Den, which was uh, a real head scratcher for a lot of the audience out there. But um, Really? Yeah, I mean it's it's still it's still a great game, and also the the other voice that you're going to hear on the line is coming all the way from Japan. You may know him from the Eight uh, Four Play podcast, or from you know many of the games that you might be playing from Japan and then being translated into the English language. And that is uh, Justin JJ Epperson. JJ, how you doing? I'm doing good. <clears throat> Excuse the coughing. <laughs> and it's uh, it's perfect uh technology where skype is working really well so i think we're gonna have a, a great connection and um of course justin uh, jj is like the guy who has to defend sega whenever the genesis yes. comes up i'm a self-professed sega slut <laughs> well like it, it is even like the the running joke between the two shows is the uh the farting sega genesis music which um like greg and i have even gone in and invested money to make sure uh, we could send you guys some decent music to uh listen to so, yes thank you for those <laughs> yeah that's a that's a great three disc or four disc uh set that people should all get for bare knuckle but uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great to, to have you on for, for this episode because this is this is a game that I was not very familiar with until I mm. picked it up in Japan uh, for 371 yen. But we're going to get oh, to wow. – Yeah, oh, bargain bins of Japan. I can't yeah. beat them. Uh, but let's talk about a couple of quick programming notes. First off, next week you're going to hear an episode from uh, with uh, Mohammed and Alex of Brave Wave uh, and their uh, new – album has just come out or i guess the new album that they produced has just come out retroactive part one which is outstanding uh, i would go and, and grab it right now just go to bravewave.net and you can grab their uh grab it from their store and it's uh absolutely fantastic with one of the composers of the composer of the uh original ninja Gaiden and tech mobile so uh very good Both stuff great soundtracks oh that th- those are great but also this new uh I think it's eight tracks, six tracks with two remixes is absolutely outstanding. I think uh, tra- track number six is the the go-to uh, track that you're going to want to listen to. And uh, unfortunately, it's not in the pre-order, I think, but uh, Drifting Love is definitely my favorite nice. track from there. So uh, check it out. It's $9, but you can pay more uh, through um, the uh, the service that they have on there. And uh, for for that episode, I will say we talked a lot about Brave Wave and not uh, so much just about like Japanese music. So we're going to talk about like their relationships with uh, a lot of the Japanese composers and really what they have to go through to get them to first realize that, you know, people in the West want to hear that music and, you know, really that their music is appreciated, not just in Japan, but around the world. And then getting them new projects and even working on some solo projects as well. So that's going to be next week. And I believe the week after that is going to be with, uh, of course, Base Wars, the the best baseball game on the NES, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't have the the final lineup for that uh, just yet, but uh, that is going to be coming up 
very, very soon uh, with friends of the Player One podcast, not just to tease it a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're friends with everybody, though. That doesn't really, you know, that could be anyone. Well, it's it's true. The, the only the only secret I'll give you is it's with someone that I've been on the Player One podcast with multiple times, and he's like the designated hitter uh, when there is a need for it's a good analogy for a baseball game. That's that's what I'm going for. So, okay. uh, and by the way, base, baseball stars is the best NES baseball game. See, I gotta I gotta oh. I gotta disagree because it's little leagues little league baseball. That's the best. That's, baseball that's game. okay. Oh, <laughs> it's all SNK. So, yeah. Well. Baseball. They're all good, but baseball stars had like the the weird team names, and <laughs> it, I just I don't know. I it, really like it's so tough though when you when you've like I have baseball stars two on the Neo Geo, which is well, that's different. That game's amazing. Yeah, it, yeah, but but it's like and I feel like the baseball stars name should only be on the MVS or the AES, and I don't know, I don't know. It's it, it is. It was like, a weird time. It, yeah. it was. It was a super weird time. Uh, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to uh, actually take a break, and then we're going to be starting off with the history of Panzer Dragoon, which is quite lengthy. So hope, hopefully you're just going to really get fired up with the uh, first episode music from Panzer Dragoon. Stick around. We'll be right back. talking about the history of Panzer Dragoon and uh, I'm going to put in or you probably just heard it a commercial People, this is not a test we are in DEFCON 5 Alpha Sector check Tango Sector check Delta Sector only Sega Saturn has 332-bit processors Delta Sector three processors mean better gameplay Delta Sector you hear me Sony PlayStation only has one <laughs> When you've got Sega Saturn, nothing else matters. Sega! 
from Panzer Dragoon that was used in the United States. Uh, and it makes you really wonder why this game did not probably sell a lot of consoles with great commercials like the one that you just heard. And I'll put that in the uh, show notes if you want to watch it yourself. But it uh, came out in Japan on March 10th, 1995. And then just two months two months later in North America on May 11th, 1995, it also got a release on Windows, Windows, I believe, 95 on March mm-hmm. 14th. 1997 and that version actually had uh, higher resolution graphics and also uh, it is worth mentioning that uh, this game Panzer Dragoon was also an unlockable uh, the PC version was an unlockable bonus in Panzer Dragoon Orta on the original Xbox when Microsoft started throwing Sega a ton of money to get some of their great franchises onto the Xbox in the early days. Awesome. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't just uh, high res uh, textures, but uh, the fact that it had any sort of texture filtering at all was like huge back in 1997. So it was a, a pretty cool upgrade to a really awesome game. As long as you had the your Voodoo graphics card and hell yeah, man, I got that monster Voodoo. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> also uh there's a there's a if you if you're out in japan there's uh this series called sega ages 2500 uh collection where on the ps2 they did uh like these re-releases of games where they like almost reimagined them in in 3d or in you know with better graphics uh some, some games were terrible some are terrible yes <laughs> um there, there's some interest like outruns kind of interesting but if you play something <sighs> Uh, like Golden Axe is a piece of garbage, and you should mm-hmm. not play that game. Uh, at least the Sega Ages twenty five hundred, and it's it's tough because you can sometimes get confused with these Sega Ages versus the Sega Saturn Sega Ages, which are like perfect conversions of those. Those are the M two games, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if you can find like those for like the the um, obviously Outrun collection for the uh, Sega Saturn, or I should say, it's just Outrun with a bunch of extra like arranged music and stuff like that. But it's arcade perfect ports for the Sega Saturn and uh, again stuff that is just going to be out in Japan so if you're ever in the retro game shops look for those uh, but not the PS2 versions Um, also uh, the arranged version uh, that was included in that Sega Ages 2500 collection uh, includes new unlockable extras such as uh, level selection and artworks the form of Pandora's box so there was some extra content uh, like rearranged versions of the levels um, anti-aliasing filter that was in I guess the PC version was also included in the unlockable version of Panzer Dragoon in the Sega Ages collection so this game was released a couple times you can get it a couple different places if you didn't want to play it on the Sega Saturn Um, but again mostly you had to be in Japan, or you could get it on the original Xbox here in the United States. Um, there, there's a lots of like development stuff that, that that is cool to talk about, but really the big thing, <clears throat> excuse me, with this game is that it was a really early Sega Saturn game. Uh, with you know the the development history was starting in 1993, where Sega asked its developers for a new for new game ideas, and it was then that uh, this is where I destroy at least Alex is not Alex was ripping me apart when I was destroying these Japanese names. On the I'll next correct episode. you. Thank you, uh, uh, Yuki uh, Yukio. Uh, Futa, why don't you just read these names, JJ? Uh, it's uh, Yukio Futatsugi, 
There we go. Uh, a young developer <laughs> who had uh, joined Sega. I might just like edit those in, just like ADR, <laughs> sure. some of those uh, names. Uh, joined Sega only two years before, proposed several new concepts. One of these concepts uh, was acclaimed and became Panzer Dragoon. Uh, and this developer was only 23 years old, and then he was actually put in charge of the project and head of what was then called Team Andromeda, a development team that Sega assembled uh, for the occasion in early 1994. And, you know, again, starting that early uh, and then going on to work on uh, this game, uh, Team Andromeda uh, wanted to create fully a fully 3D arcade game, having worked on similar games such as OutRun, uh, which were not truly 3D with influences like Space Harrier, Harrier Starblade, Star Fox, and Ray Force. Uh, this project became... Became a 3D rail shooter, um, and you know one other thing I want to mention, just in terms of like the soundtrack. The soundtrack is something that is uh, really well regarded and uh, was really amazing. Praised. It's 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 definitely amazing. It's like in a lot of the interviews, uh, or I should say the reviews in magazines. That was one thing that a lot of people brought up, and uh, even in this like Wikipedia entry, uh, James Milky, I guess re, re like <laughs> revisited this game uh, in a later issue of EGM talking about, you know, how like the game itself doesn't really stand up, but the, the soundtrack at that time was considered to be like cinema quality, like Hollywood quality soundtrack in a video game, which really propelled it to, you know, the front of a lot of people's, you know, eyes when it came to looking at games on the Sega Saturn. Um, so definitely check out the soundtrack if you're interested in this game at all. And if you have the game itself of like, many other Sega Saturn games, you just pop that disc into a CD drive and it boots up the soundtrack and you can rip it from there and all that or stuff. put it in your Sega Saturn and start playing it and have like the spaceship go out and then watch the spaceship while you're listening oh, yeah, to the soundtrack. Right. Oh, so wait, so you're, you're <laughs> talking about, about that. I, I, so you're talking about like the CD player that's built into the Sega into Saturn. Into the Sega Saturn, yes. Yeah. I might just like start using that. Like that's probably going to be a pretty good visualizer. It's better than yeah. Winamp or something like that. If you want to get the full 1995 experience. <laughs> I that was my first CD player was my PlayStation 1. See, so, yeah, you got you got a spaceship with Saturn. Yes. Yeah. My PlayStation so that, that, 1. <laughs> that's one just one of the many reasons why Sega was cooler than Sony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Sony one was very basic and uh but it worked well for my Dave Matthews band CD that I got that <laughs> in the the wedding singer soundtrack volume 1 and 2. Nice. Thanks very mom. Nice. Uh, uh, and also just in terms of uh reviews, just a couple quick reviews. Uh Famitsu gave it 30 out of 40, which is kind of low for Famitsu. Oh, yeah. But that was when Fumitsu still actually scored games based on their merit. <laughs> oh, before yeah. the checks checks came in the mail. Yeah. Um, Entertainment er, Entertainment Weekly gave it an A. You know where you get all your video game uh, reviews. <laughs> and uh, I wonder who reviewed that for them. That's a that's a really good question. It wasn't mentioned in the actually it was mentioned in the entry. I'll see if I can grab that. Uh, it was actually I have it right here. It was Albert Kim. Oh, Albert, good old Albert Kim. Which I, I think <laughs> this That's is a made up name. No, I yeah. think Albert Kim was also the person that reviewed it for EGM. No. no. Uh, I'm going to have to, I'll double no. check that. No. <laughs> no, you're right. No, you're it right. was like Ed and it no, was Ed, Ed Sam and Martin Ed. Yeah. and uh, probably not, I want to say not Daniel Carpenter. Ken Williams. That sound right? No, I think that was past Ken's time. Anyway. Well, it's I'm really looking important. at where it's cited. Ken's name's right there under a quote. Oh, okay, Ken's maybe it is then. Never mind. EGM episodes uh, are issue 72, if you want to ever go back and Old school. take yeah. a look. Um, 
But yeah, really, really interesting history. And again, uh, needing a showpiece to sell the Sega Saturn. So they uh, put a great team together and put out a pretty good game. I don't know, uh, Greg, do you have anything to add in terms of like the history of this game before we go into your personal history and memories? Nothing to add on the history. No, you, you pretty much covered the Wikipedia page. And JJ, you didn't actually. Yeah, thanks. Well, this is the show. So, JJ, you didn't actually play this on the PC, did you? Uh, much later, I did. Yes, but my, I, I owned uh, like three months after the Saturn came out. I I bought my own Saturn. Well, we'll get when we get to the personal history. Cool. But yes, I did play it on the Saturns. Fair enough. Well, the great news is that you get to hear some more awesome music from the soundtrack of Panzer Dragoon. So stick around, and then we're going to be going all the way back to 1995 to remember our memories of Panzer Dragoon. Awesome. We made it all the way back to uh, 1995, and uh, I'm going to be sit. Yep, Wayne's World. Actually, Wayne's World Two would have been uh, a great reference for this, but that's uh, another episode. We should do more movies sometime. But uh, I'm going to sit out this segment uh, quite a bit because right now, like, I'm playing Doom on my Super Nintendo and maybe renting like Super Mario RPG. Like that's what I was doing in 1995. but I'm going to hand this off uh, first to our for being on the show for the first time. JJ, take it away. What you know? When did you first play this game, and what's your history with it? So um, I, I think everybody knows that uh, Sega kind of surprise released the Saturn in like uh, I think it was March or May. It was it was at E3 of the year 1995, and um, I was in the market for I was like hyped for a Saturn. Um, that year, I I knew I was going to get it for my birthday, and I was in, anticipating getting it. But then they surprise released it, and I was like, oh, I can't get it. And then I had to wait till my birthday. But I'm glad that I did because because the Saturn wasn't selling at all in America. They decided to do this crazy promotion, which was you buy a Sega Saturn, you get three games for free, and mm-hmm. and you send in like your UPC and you get a free version of. Uh, Virtua Fighter Remix, which was like a uh, uh, texture map version of Virtua Fighter. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's my birthday. I go and I buy my Sega Saturn and I pick three games. I get two. My brother gets one. He gets Worldwide Soccer. And I get Panzer Dragoon and Clockwork Knight. Um, and I made the right decision because uh, I get home and I put in Panzer Dragoon and then like the intro comes on and up until now, like, I, I mean, I, 
aside from the NES, uh, you know, I was a Genesis owner all the way through, huge Sega fan, had a, uh, eventually got a Game Gear, um, I didn't know a Nomad, but um, <laughs> Sega Arcade games, they were like my life. Um, and like, I turned this on and it's my first time ever seeing like a CG cartoon in front of my you know uh uh game and like i didn't i didn't know what was going on i was like oh my god games are amazing now like this is so cinematic it's like i'm watching a movie and like i would go to my friend's house and bring my saturn and show their parents my friends oops (laughs) i would show my friend's parents like the the intro and be like guys this is video (laughs) games and then like you know you watch the intro and it's amazing especially for the time. I mean, nowadays it's like this like artifacted weird thing, but, Mm. and then you get to the title screen and the horns come in and the CD quality music's playing. And you're just like, I am living in the future. Like this was (laughs) next. This is like, for me, this was the biggest generation leap of any console I ever owned because I was coming from fart noises and, you know, 64 colors on screen to just like, you know like it was amazing and so like you know Panzer Dragoon just for me just opened the door like for the next 20 years of video games like the sounds the 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 video and then when you get into the game the graphics the water and just like hearing the music ah just everything about it was uh pretty mind-blowing to me so it kind of just it was one also one of the first games that I had ever played that really had an active story in the way that it would it would tell the story but not just like with cutscenes or or anything like that it would the game would constantly change and then like things would be happening and you know you're you're kind of on this ride through a story that was just in this crazy world that you'd never seen before with art that was just like nothing you'd ever seen before and it was just completely mind-blowing of course now you look at it now and it's just like this pixelated mess uh, because the Saturn could not hold polygons together. It was just like not built for that. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was just incredible. So it seems like for, for you, a lot of it was just like being overwhelmed by the production quality of it. Yeah, I mean, the production quality and just, you know, seeing a game in 3D. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm, I was a Sega gamer, so I never owned Star Fox. But just having this 3D shooter and this dragon, like it just it touched all the right buttons for me. So when so, I was twelve or whatever. So how did how did it play for you? What I mean, the 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 first initial impression was great, but how you know yeah. what what did you think of the the gameplay? How did it play for you? Well, at the time, I thought it was amazing. I just like I could lock onto things and shoot out these cool lasers. Mm. I was very young, very impressionable. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like you know, I think a lot uh, at that time, a lot of reviewers kind of knocked it for not having a lot of replayability. But to me, like that didn't mean. I mean, that didn't make much of a difference in how much I liked it because it was just so atmospheric and and cool. Um, Like, the gameplay was functional. It wasn't like this amazing new gameplay paradigm, but uh, it was functional and and everything else about the game just kind of... I I don't know how to say it, but it just made it so much of an experience that it didn't really bother me that the, the gameplay was just kind of simple. Greg, how about how about you? For for you, was it like a instant purchase as soon as you saw it in in EGM? Uh, no, actually, <clears throat> I don't remember honestly following Panzer Dragoon very much uh, leading up to the launch. And of course, like JJ said, it was a surprise launch. Hmm. So I like my 
real first experience with it was when I first played it, which was the surprise launch. Um, <clears throat> basically me and I don't know if he, he was my roommate eventually, but me and a friend of mine, um, I, I got a call like that. I think the day of the, or maybe the day after the launch, because back then we didn't get a lot of the games and systems here right away in Halifax. We were still sort of, you know, <laughs> the outback. Um, so anyway, but it eventually got here. And one of the places that we went to rent our games all the time, anyway, my buddy Jim calls me, he says like, Oh my God, uh, game world has, has a Saturn. We got to rent it. We got to rent it. Cause we were uh, same with us. We were dyed in the wool Sega fans, yeah. right? Like the Saturn, w- w- who cares about the PlayStation? The Saturn's coming out. So that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> yeah. And we had like our pre-orders in for the systems and everything. But anyway, this place in, in town got the system and all the launch games and we were good customers there. So we called up and they reserved it for us. And we went back to his place with Saturn and the four launch games. So Virtual Fighter, Clockwork Knight, Daytona, and Panzer. They had oh, all four of them. So this was actually a launch game. This was, yes. yeah, wow. this was a U.S. launch game. One of the four U.S. launch games. Um, all right. And honestly, Panzer sat on the pile because we were Sega fans. We wanted to play Daytona. wanted to play Virtual Fighter, right? So we, we, we played those and, you know, we liked them enough that we were going to obviously keep still buy our Saturns. But like JJ said, 3D games and especially those two, I mean, they were they were rough. Mm. Yo, they were really rough. Even back <laughs> the then, original they were Virtual rough. Fighter, the the uh, stage would disappear. Yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. I mean, there was fight. a lot of flickering polygons, and and yeah. the, the, the Virtual Fighter's frame rate, if you remember, was pretty bad. Uh, was which terrible. was actually part of the reason that Remix happened. I think was to yeah. say, like, look, the, the system can do Virtual Fighter. Um, and Daytona USA was was kind of the same way. You know, you had chunks of the road disappearing, and it was a bit of a mess. Um, Clockwork Knight was okay. It was weird. Yeah. And we put in Panzer Dragoon. And like JJ was saying, that movie came on. It's like, wow, this is, this is really cool. You know, I mean, we were Sega CD players, but obviously full motion video on Sega CD was garbage. Um, yes. And this looked amazing, especially on like an old CRT television because it didn't look all artifacted and crappy. It looked perfect. Um, and then the music kicks in and like, wow, this fully orchestrated soundtrack. I mean, we'd heard good music on the Sega CD, but if you really go back and listen to the tracks on, on Sega CD games, they, they, they suffer from a lot of compression hmm. issues. So they, they got like sort of a hiss to them a lot of the time. Hmm. And this was just gorgeous. I mean, we were pumping it through a stereo system and, and it was just like, oh my God, this is, this is the most amazing thing I've heard in video game music since like ActRaiser. Uh, the most impressed I've been anyway. And and yeah. then we started playing it. And yeah, it still sort of suffers from being a 3D game on the Saturn. But of the three 3D games that came out on launch day, uh, it was solid. You know, I mean, you didn't get a lot of texture warping. You didn't see a lot of flickering and things, you know. And of course, the action being as fast as it was, you didn't really have time to half the time. But um, it was just amazing. It was an amazing, amazing game. And and the, all the all these great little touches... Like the fact that um, they were speaking a completely original language in the cutscene, oh, yeah. something as simple as that. Like it kind of, to me, it, it reminds me of like Eco is a good example or even something like, I'll, I'll even say like Lord of the Rings where like when you read those books, or you would play Eco, like you're playing sort of a, co- a compartmentalized story, right? Like Panzer Dragoon's only five or six levels long, but it just feels like the world around it and there it is so fleshed out and there's so much history there and they convey it so quickly that you feel kind of connected to the world already and you just feel like you know you're it's it's part of something much greater 
And they mm-hmm. accomplish that with Pan- with even just the opening and of Panzer Dragoon. And and as the story goes on, it, you feel that way more and more. And then, of course, with the sequels, it, it felt even better. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, it was it was our surprise favorite launch game. We were we were renting the system. We were buying the system for Virtual Fighter in Daytona. And uh, it was like, well, now I got to buy Panzer Dragoon as soon as I get my system. <laughs> It, it's still, uh, you know, for, for just, like, looking at it, the only time I ever saw this game or the Sega Saturn was at KB Toys in that, like, demo disc kind of, you know, set up. And uh, even, like, I still kind of saw down the road the N64 that looked a lot better through the Nintendo Ultra 64, you know, special section in Nintendo Power where they were promising me the best graphics, like, Toy Store Toy Story quality before even you know Sony was doing it. Uh, um, probably, I think it was before Toy Story was even out. Um, so many arguments had over those articles <laughs> yep. at school. The great lie. Okay, uh. Nintendo Power that had journalistic integrity. You look at <laughs> video game journalism today cannot stand up to what Nintendo Power was back in 1993 or 94, <laughs> 95, 96. Uh, but anyways, like the, I, I guess my question you know would be for for you JJ. Like after you started getting access to a game like Panzer Dragoon did that really just like solidify like yeah this is the Sega Saturn it can compete against anything else yeah I mean at the time like I was I was a I was getting on the internet um around that time for the first time and so like I was starting to read all about like you know there was like Dave's Sega Saturn page and a few Love other places page. where I would, yeah, it was great. I, I, I would go there and just read every sort of like technical thing about the Saturn. And like, I would take it in my school. And like when some kid was like, yeah, the PlayStation is better. I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, the second Saturn can do, you know, this many, uh, 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 you know, it's pixels got on two screen. Processors. Uh, it has two processors. Right. <laughs> PlayStation. That's in the like the the ad that I played that everyone else is going to hear. But like that's part of the Panzer Dragoon ad that they had on TV. Is like uh, the Sega Saturn has two processors. PlayStation right. only has one. So it's obviously the, twice the, as good. The, the Saturn ads during that time, the the uh, the theater of the mind thing. Yeah, that was God, just those so weird. So weird. Well, they they transitioned from the the advertising uh, firm that they had for the Genesis. They went with a different advertising firm for the Saturn. Like if you read, um, if you read, uh, uh, oh my God, why am I forgetting, blanking on the book, Console Wars, um, you'll get to hear a little bit more about that. Um, But yeah, I don't know. uh, For, for, how about you, for like Greg, did you? feel that your purchase was going to be justified with, you know, maybe a future Panzer Dragoon game? See, you got to remember that I was drinking the Kool-Aid. Sure. So yes. I <clears throat> I didn't need convincing. There has to be some right. doubt when you see Sony well, coming no, in at sure. 299 and, you know, Nintendo was coming in at I think it was 199 or 249 for the N64. Yeah, but Nintendo was over a year away at that point. Sure. Um, Nintendo, but, was for babies. And and Nintendo was well, for babies. Nintendo was for babies. I was nine years old, so I was and all I mean, about my Super Mario sixty four. Honestly, outside of outside of Mario sixty four, Nintendo early Nintendo sixty four games look crappy. Okay, Wayne Gretzky's three D hockey uh, we're is not the best arcade. Um, it's arcade quality <laughs> hockey in your house. Um, <clears throat> no, but no, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't blind. Like you'd look at you'd look at images of like Wipeout. Or uh, Destruction Derby mm-hmm. on the PlayStation, and I mean versus the Saturn. You mean 
Yeah, I mean, you put Daytona up against Ridge Racer or Destruction Derby or Wipeout. You put Virtual Fighter up against Tekken, although Tekken took a while to come out. They didn't look right. good. Hmm. I mean, you, you could see good, there was a problem. But you were always confident that the Sega games played better. Right, exactly. Like, I would and rather was, play Daytona any day over Wipeout. And that was it. But Panzer Dragoon, it did hold up. And then, of course, it wasn't long before you got like Sega Rally and um, Virtual Cop and Virtual Fighter 2. And those Best games, Christmas ever. <laughs> yeah, it, well, exactly. And those games, they made you look at the system and go, you know what? The Saturn can do this. Unfortunately, it ended up that it was only Sega that ever did it. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. Tecmo with Dead or Alive. But otherwise, it's like Saturn can do a good 3D game. But it just, it, it was too much. And, and I guess the, the, the market penetration here wasn't high enough for, for anyone to bother. But um, yeah, I mean, I never, you got to remember too back then, like, up until the PlayStation, Sony as a video game company was not good. Sony like, ImageSoft. Yeah, and, yes, and that's the thing. Like, and that was one of the reasons that me and my friends, at least, we weren't even looking at the PlayStation. I mean, it, there were some gorgeous-looking games. But all you're thinking of is like, oh, man, those ESPN sports games were, were terrible. Hmm. You know, like everything Sony ImageSoft touched totally. was terrible, like Cliffhanger. And oh, yeah. Cliffhanger. They're all just garbage movie licenses. Hook. And yeah. they were like, they were almost <laughs> acclaimed, you know, like. Yeah. So no faith that the first party games are going to be any good. But, of course, Namco climbs on and then they bought Psygnosis and that kind of changed everything. Right. Uh, before we wrap up this segment, JJ, any any final memories of, of this time period for you and with Panzer Dragoon? Um, yeah, no, I mean, not really. It was just like, you know, I would, soon after Panzer Dragoon stuff started to really pick up, like uh, uh, um, the Virtua Cop, uh, Sega Rally, uh, Virtua Fighter 2, Christmas. And then soon after that, Panzer Dragoon's Vi came out. And mm. then that just... Mm. Fucking that's that's one of my top five games of all time. And like the the comparing Panzer Dragoon One to Panzer Dragoon's Vi, it's like like but another generational link for me. It, it made Panzer Dragoon look like proof of concept. Really? Yeah. It's like totally. okay, we know we can do a good 3D shooter, like a 3D rail shooter, and it looks good, and people dig it. Now let's go make the real game. Yep. Now I'm really excited to play that because I also got that for like 300 yen. Oh, you are in for yeah. you are in for some good times. All right. Yes. Um, well, let's let's take a break. We'll play some more music from this game. As I know, Greg, as soon as he got you know his parents got a CD player in his car, they're he's bringing that <laughs> Panzer Dragoon. Or maybe what was I think it was like CJ that used to like drive around with like Super Mario <laughs> Brothers three music wanna, in his car or something like that. You want to know what the first my first CD player was in my car? Was my Sega CDX? Oh, that's awesome! You I'm brought that kidding. in your car? I'm not kidding. Yep, with like a cigarette that's, light that's adapter. A, that's a really rare system. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, All right, video games. We'll be right back.
made it all the way back to 2015, and uh, we're going to be talking about the revisiting of Panzer Dragoon, and I think you guys gave a lot of great context for this segment, talking about how it was like a really early, you know, iffy looking 3D game on the Sega Saturn, and for me coming into it, uh, I had never played this game before until this week. I played it maybe for like 20 minutes on a stream once, but I mm. never really sat down and, and played it because I got this on my last trip to Japan. Uh, there's this great little store called Trader in Akihabara where you can get this bar. Like there's a section, like a junk section. It's not even a bin. It's a whole section where they have discs and carts and they just had rows and rows of Sega Saturn games. And they had uh, Panzer Dragoon for uh, 371 yen along with a bunch of other games. And for that conversion right now, we're talking like, this is probably close to like $3 uh, for potentially one of the you know top 10 games on or 15 games on the system. But I figured it was worth it. And uh, going into it, you guys mentioned those CG cutscenes, and yes, they look little dated. They look almost like underdeveloped, like they didn't finish them. Um, well, this was, you got to remember, this is back in the day where like texture mapped games were new. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, like, didn't, they didn't even exist. Oh, oh totally. And I, I remember looking at Resident Evil 2 and looking at uh, the demo, like the, the demo for Final Fantasy 7 and looking at that uh-huh. CG. Um, and that ah. just shows you what two years gives you. Hell, you don't even yep. look, you don't even have to look at the demo for Final Fantasy 7. Final Fantasy 7 CG did not age well. Oh, well, mm. I'm just saying back then when I was yeah. looking at that through, I, I just figured it was, it was a movie. Like this is the best thing oh, i've yeah. ever seen but um i will say this this game puts an awesome first foot forward it is like you guys mentioned that soundtrack when you hear those you know trumpets right at the start of the game t- totally and it's like yeah. all right well i'm gonna have a badass time it, it i can almost uh compare it to like the legend of zelda with the the epicness of those soundtracks but yeah. this, this being like actual instruments uh at least for that first track but then they also put in some more electronic sounding uh music throughout the game but um right off the bat i think that first stage is really good looking jj you mentioned the the water effects and you see the the enemies like come out from under the water and that still looks pretty good Mm. um you know for for being a 1995 game the game really it gets by a lot today just by the strength of its art style and the art direction um because like technically it's not that pretty but (laughs) i mean artistically it's great yeah and it's and it's and it's got a lot of great stuff going on like i I think both you guys were saying just in terms of how lived in some of the areas looks with the limited power that they had of the console to to make it look like these were areas that people were actually living in like whether it's i think it's stage six where there's like clothes hanging you know from Mm -hmm. you know the the buildings and stuff like that but um you know, the the comparison that I have for this game is like Star Fox and obviously, but also uh, Res, because uh, obviously not in terms of the music, uh, but with, with Res and the lock-on, because I didn't even realize that whole stream, I didn't realize you could lock on um, until I started playing it this week. And then uh, I was streaming it earlier in the week and people were like, yeah, you can hold down the button to uh, lock on. And it's not like Star Fox 64 where you can only lock on to one thing, but you can actually line up like seven or eight different objects and then let go of that button and then fire everything. But, um, 
it was a real, like, these are the four R's. I wrote these down. I, I, I wrote down four <laughs> things. I'm like, they're, they're all R's. So these are the four R's for Panzer Dragoon. If you want to play it and be successful, you need uh, good use of the radar, good use mm-hmm. of the rotation. You get to remember the spawn points of all the enemies. And then this is why my forum hurts right now. Rapid fire. <laughs> um, and... I, this game, if you have an arcade stick for your Sega Saturn, absolutely, I think you should use arcade stick because I was playing with like my pad in my lap and doing like the, uh, like basically I was trying to play it like, uh, you know, how some people play Street Fighter with their pad on their lap so they can get access to all the buttons really fast. And uh, that ended up really bothering my forearm, but also it makes it hard to do the rotations when you need to like make a quick rotation that you then have to like jump to the shoulder buttons real quick. And then you can over rotate um, because each one of those, you know, hits of the L or the R is a 90 degree rotation. If you think you need to just go 90, you might end up going what Andy and, and all that stuff. But um, like I was saying, I think it's an awesome first for four because it still plays really well. Like it's not, it's not 60 frames per, per second. It's not, it's like really close to 30 though. It's closer to 20, yeah. I think. Well, yeah. it's, it's it's close enough to 30 where I didn't have like Star Fox on Super Nintendo like is ch- it chugs <laughs> like yes. it's sections I never felt like this was chugging like I felt like it was at least like a 25 there's parts in like Star Fox on Super Nintendo where you'll be in the like teens like you'll be at like 19 <laughs> 18 frames per second uh, trust me because I just played it a couple months ago but uh, this I felt like you still had a really good arcade experience and uh, obviously, in the history, you can see there's lots of comparisons to Space Harrier as well, uh, which is not a game that I love. But I found like I I just had a complete blast with this game up until the the very last boss battle. Um, but I will uh, I'm, let's we'll throw it around a little bit. I got some other stuff to to say, but um, you know, going back to it after all these years, you know, for for you, Greg, how did, how did it hold up? Do you still enjoy playing it? Yeah, I think it really holds up. <clears throat> Honestly, the only issue I really had with it is I'm I'm so not used to using a D-pad for anything like this anymore that right. um, I was having such a hard time doing the lock-on because I just couldn't get the reticle to go where I wanted it to for the first little while. But, <clears throat> excuse me, overall, I mean, I played through it right to the final boss, and that's where I ended up um, dying. It still holds up really well. It's still a really solid shooter. I mean, I'm, it's not one of the greatest shooters ever made, but... Um, you know, sure. a total nostalgia trip, and 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 yeah, I, I had a really good time playing it. Still, the mu- the music must hold it together really well. Oh god, just, yeah. Just, mm. I mean, for for me, like I, I will say, I, I I love the first <clears throat> stage. I just love like it's it's bright, it's colorful. I love the look at, of it. But even it's like very Sega. Oh, it's it's like it's totally Sega. Yeah. Like it's um, like you can just put it next to Outrun. Um, but <laughs> with with level four, you have like your. It's almost like a. I've never played this game, but I've seen it played. Sewer Shark, like a Sewer Shark level where oh, the yeah. corridors, um, yeah, the, the corridors. The, the, that was the, a really cool level back in the day. Yeah, I, sh- I should say I don't even know the story at all of this game because I played it in Japanese. But um, the the game itself holds up without the story. I think the uh, that 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 level not only has like super cramped space and it's like obviously you're on rail, so it's putting you in these really like cinematic 
uh, kind of like uh, sections where you're making like crazy turns and then you have boss battles where they're coming like in front of you and behind you. You're going to make quick 180s to, to get the enemies behind you. Um, mm. But also it had like that same thing from Star Fox where it will have a section where doors are only opening up like a certain way. Like they start opening up all the way, then only just, you know, one half, then the other half, then just like almost a little bit in the middle. So you could really start working on you know, your, your flying skills to make sure you're, you're getting through that, that section. And when you get it done perfectly, like I made it through that first stage the first time without dying. Um, it it is just like a really great feeling. Like you just get that great feeling sense of momentum, but also of like, man, that's just like, you feel just so badass and like almost cinematic to, to have a, a level put together like that. Speaking of cinematic, that boss you're talking about in the core in the the tunnel, like that, the way they did that was beautiful because you just you, you basically you, you, well, you fly by its body yeah. and then you like you, mm. you take a turn, you 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 start uh, rising up out of the tunnels. You think, and if you if you know it's going to happen, what's really cool is actually flip the camera around 180 degrees and look behind you because you'll see it crawl around the corner yeah. and then come flying right at you. And it's like, oh my god, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, JJ, how about for you? Do you think this game still still holds up? Yeah, I mean, I think it does because the gameplay is 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 pretty much gameplay that we still have today. It's like it. I mean, it didn't obviously create this kind of three D shooter gameplay, but the 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 basics of it are very solid, and you know, it still it still surprises you every you know, even though it's been twenty odd years. I guess yeah, twenty years. Yeah, yeah. twenty uh, twenty wow. years. Um, since the game came out and like you guys were talking about that corridor level where they like, you know, they're telling a story within this, you know, level design, which is pretty new to gaming at that point. And just looking at it and, and, and that kind of stuff, it just really, you know, pushes you through, even though like the graphics could be an eyesore, uh, it, it still made the game really fun to play. And, and the fact that I've had a, a pretty large gap since the last time I played it, um, really just, it, it felt like a new game and the, uh, the controls and stuff were just great. I thought I have to, um, this is, I was playing, I was playing with a, a original Saturn pad. Too. Oh yeah. Dude, that, that Saturn yeah, pad maybe. always can never, or can never be said enough. How awesome. Like I have four Saturn controllers now, just because every time I see them in Japan, I buy them, uh, because they are just, they feel great, and those buttons are awesome for pretty much every game on the Saturn. Yep. Um, even Knights. Uh, <laughs> so let's, uh, you know, a couple other things. And I, I'm going to need to look this up in the break, but um, I've also been playing this a little bit off topic, but I'm looking at the back of the box, and there's, uh, there's a trademarker for a company, Mobius, um, which I don't know if that is, I think that might be a company that's still in Japan or if this is a company that also worked on Steel Empire because I just finished that today on the 3DS and I swear I saw that company name on there. So maybe I'll, I'll look at that at the the break. But, um, you know, a couple other things, like there's there's like really cool mini bosses in some of the levels, not in all of them, but uh, you can find this frustrating or, you know, just a cool challenge where there'll be uh, multiple stages of some of the boss battles where you'll like get that boss all the way down. Like there was times where I was like, oh man, I just barely beat that boss. Like I'm blinking. I got like the small sliver of, of life left. And then it's mm. like, oh crap, there's a whole second stage of this boss battle. The, bo- the boss is like life recharges halfway and then you get to like fight it again, um, which is which is cool. I mean, it's, it seems like you get a, a little bit of a sign of the times and um, it makes it for uh, 
interesting boss battles. So it's not like the same thing over and over again. Um, you may also put this as like a pause pro or a con, but um, there's times where it's like hard to figure out where you should be shooting uh, on the bosses. So uh, you might need to lock on a couple times uh, to find. Well, see that. I, oh, I play the game mostly just mostly locking on to things, so I never had a trouble finding where to shoot. Really? Um, I, I yeah. I found it so much like I, that's what I started doing when I, once I found the lock on. I was doing lots of locking on, but then I yes. found like being putting the controller in my lap and doing like I had my. Uh, pointer, my middle and my ring finger on the A, B and C buttons and doing like this quick, like tapping all the buttons at once, doing that rapid fire. Like I was cruising through, um, you know, boss battles and I was just destroying them so quick because you get so many shots off. Like right. you could probably, I don't know who knows how many like shot you could probably get off like at least, you know, 10 bullets a second just by like hammering through that, uh, super fast. And, um, I, started having to like figure out when is the best time to lock on when's the best time for rapid fire because there's some enemies that go down a lot like just with one shot so you just want to lock on and get rid of them but there's some enemies where uh, especially towards the end of the game where you need to be using that rapid fire because they're going to take more than one shot otherwise you're going to have to lock on all the enemies let go let it fire lock on all of them again let go and fire um so it adds some more challenge and it maybe some replay value to figure out exactly, you know, what is going to be the best course of action against a certain type of enemy. Exactly. Yeah. That's part of the whole remembering part where yeah. you just need to know when to, to lock on and when not to, but mm-hmm. most, most of the time I, w- I would lock on more than I would not. Yeah. Same personally. here. Uh, it- Greg, what do you think of the ending? What do you think of the, the final boss is I, so I got to the, the final boss and literally right before we started recording the show, I was like talking to Greg on, on Twitter to try to figure out how to beat this boss. And I actually got to the, this is what I was just mentioning before. I <laughs> destroyed the boss's, uh, health with literally like I could probably take one more shot left and the son of a bitch goes into a second stage like screw this like my forearm hurts so much like my forearm I'm talking right now and like moving my hand right now my forearm hurts like hell from from (laughs) playing this game so I was like there's no way I'm going to be able to do this and like we got to record anyways but um, Greg how does the uh, I guess how does the the final battle and the the ending up for you I'll be honest I didn't finish it uh, this time um, I, I got to that final boss and I didn't beat him. Well, you can also go to the, uh, like first screen and you can just type in a code to see the, yeah, I know that, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I vaguely remember the ending, um, being something like you go down the dragon. Are we worried about spoiler warnings here? No, listening to a podcast about a 20 year old game. Okay. Um, just, just check it. Uh, yeah, so the, the dragon basically you're led to believe that he sacrifices himself. He saves oh, he saves the rider and he sacrifices himself. Uh, but the classes stuff. But there you go. But when you wake up, when your rider wakes up, there there are signs that the dragon is still alive. Oh, he's right. moving a little bit. So no, you don't see him. There's just there are just signs that he's alive. Sure, that's all. No, it, it, it's it's a, like I said, I love I love the the whole um, atmosphere and world that they created around these games, and so yeah, it still definitely holds up for me. And and I mean, it's cool that you're experiencing it for the first time, and you totally need to play that second game. Well, it's it's making me. I've, I've also been playing this is a little off topic, but I've been playing a lot of. Um, Space Harrier in in 3D on the 3DS and also Afterburner 2, which are in the same wheelhouse as mm-hmm. this game. And it, like I've, it's making me want to go back to those a little bit more where I've always had trouble with those games. Obviously, Space Harrier 2 is hard as sh- 
hell. Um, <laughs> but I, I've been trying to get back into that because it's, it's, it's a lot of fun when you're doing well, but then you just feel like overwhelmed at some point. So uh, this game has kind of renewed my, my hope to want to play it a little bit more and, and do better at it. If you want to get a good like rail shooter, uh, like quick course on rail shooters, I would go Penzo Dragoon 1, then Zvi, then Orta, and then play Sin and Punishment, and then Sin and Punishment 2. Sin and Punishment 2 is like the top of the genre. Like it is there, there's it is perfection in 3D shooter land or whatever, you know? Uh, and definitely. It wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for these games that we're talking about now, Pan's Dragoon and then Zvi. But it was it, if you want to experience the best of the genre, those are the games, I think. I don't have one, but I have two sealed copies of Sin Punishment 2 on my shelf that I have. Nice. Oh. <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, yeah. I'll get to that at some point. My game of the year two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I guess that works. What, what, did it come out in Japan one year and then U.S. the next year? That's right. <laughs> Good deal. Um, and awesome. also, if you're on the Wii Virtual Console, you can actually get uh, Sin and Punishment 1 uh, in the States now, which is cool. Yeah, and I think it's going to come out for the Wii Download. At least in Japan, it's coming out for the Wii U uh, Wii Download service. Oh, um, uh, I don't know if it's coming out in America, though. I'm sure. I mean, you can get it for like under $20 on Amazon brand new. So if you really yeah. want to play it, just go buy a disc. Um, Sin and Punishment is my only N64 import game. Nice. That's super cheap, and at least I've seen cheap copies in Japan. I don't know if it's like it's under ten bucks. So if you yeah. import it, you probably wouldn't have a have to break the bank, and it's easy to mod those N sixty fours or just throw a Game Shark uh, on top. Yeah. Um, one last thing I want to mention for this this game is there's actually a really interesting set of cheats for it, um, including. Uh, there's like weird things like in, you know, Metroid, you finish it in a certain amount of speed, you can get a cool ending. Uh, if you beat the game without dying, the Sega logo, well, when it finishes, it will actually turn into a polygon babe. Um, <laughs> so if you want to see some sharp boobs, you can oh, go. Oh, man. Beat My the favorite kind of boobs. <laughs> the sharpest. It's Madonna, Madonna times 10. Because if there's no risk, then where's the fun, really? Yeah. Right. Um, there's also a space harrier mode, which listen to this. To do space harrier mode, to play without the dragon, you have to turn off your Sega Saturn, remove the disc, turn the Saturn back on, select German from the languages menu, and then load the CD back up, press up, X, right, X, down, X, left, X, up, Y, Z. If you did that correctly, you're going to hear the dragon making its noise and then you can play it without the dragon like if you were playing space harrier right uh, that's cool um so one thing when you were talking about uh sequels and everything you did not mention panzer dragon mini what's that game, the gear, game, game. gear ones oh yeah. those are so gear. bad though no yeah, i know way. they're bad but yeah there are are there more is there more than one I think there are two. I i think maybe the second one only came out in japan maybe maybe I may be wrong about that. Hold on. Yeah. Well, you keep getting yeah, I'm doing research. They're a Game Gear Panzer Dragon game. Holy crap. That looks yeah. so it's weird. It's not great. It's not great. It looks but like it's... Uh, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Definitely. It was one of the latest games for the system, too. Like, uh, Mini came out in 96, I think. Oh, yeah. Pull out your totally washed out screen Game Gear and give that a shot. Mm-hmm. Um 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break, and then we're going to be right back with some discussion. We're going to be talking about uh, some new 3D classics from Sega. We're going to be talking about, uh, like I said, Steel Empire on the 3DS. Uh, the new 3DS gets announced in for the United States and Majora's Mask, along with some other uh, cool stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back. talking about some stuff that is uh, not about Panzer Dragoon. We might actually talk about the Game Gear version, Panzer Dragoon Mini. I don't know, JJ, you, did you look up some stuff for that? Yeah, no, it was just the one. I, for some reason, I thought there was a, a one for Zvi as well, but it's just the one, and it's terrible. It's, it's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, the, it music, bad. the music, oh my god, the music is terrible. Gotta, gotta love, I, I mean, is it, is it, are there any games that really sounded good on the Master System or the Game Gear? Like, I know I actually just bought personally uh, Streets of Rage 2 yeah, on the Game Gear. Not. No. Right. I find, I, I find uh, Game Gear games, especially the music to, on the, that, that system, to be really, like, shrieky. Like, I find yeah. the high-pitched stuff is, is just ear-bleeding sometimes. Like, hmm. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find like a Game Gear emulator just because uh, we talked about this like months ago. But the one of the things on like Game Gears now is that the the boards were so, sh- you know, crappily yeah. put together that um, you need cap kits for not only the the, the monitor but or for the screen, but also for the sound boards. Yeah. Um, they're just falling apart where you're even lucky if you get sound out of a Game Gear today um, nice. through the headphones or the speakers. So. Uh, you know, good reason we have emulation out there, I guess. So uh, a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, first, the uh, run through these really quick. Uh, Sega, I, I've been going back and forth with uh, one of the PR reps at Sega about having someone on the show, one of the producers to talk about the new run of Sega 3D classics that are coming out. So hopefully we're going to do that in a week or two. But cool. uh Afterburner 2 is out right now, uh, and the, I mean, JJ can talk about this. I, I think JJ also has, like, we both have the uh, Sega 3D Classics collection or whatever that came out in Japan. Yeah. That's all right. Um, I could have gotten you a copy. I got Mike Micah a copy. I don't um, have anything to play it on. <laughs> you could have spent $200 on a, actually, no. it's like 150 bucks for the 3DS, but, um, so... 
playing Afterburner 2 on my XL is making me just really, really want the new 3DS because those games in 3D look amazing. Um, but it is just yeah. such a huge leap going to the new 3DS from the old one uh, where I just like almost don't even want to play it until I get my new 3DS so I can just transfer it. Outrun especially looks really just like... Oh, you're killing I, it's, me. It's, 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 <laughs> it's kind of so it's, it's scary. Like you're going so fast and stuff is coming at you so fast. It's just like, ah, oh, it's too much to process. There's, there's so much depth. I think that out of all of the uh, 3D classics has just the best look to it. Um, yeah. Streets of Rage looks okay too, um, mm-hmm. but it, it feels like so small on that, on that screen. But um, Outrun sure. is probably where I play like... It's like what I play 80% of the time and it has all these cool options in it to like, if you want, you can like start at different sections automatically. You don't have to play all the way through it. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh, there's so like yeah. that. It, it, okay. First off, there's so many different like customization options in these games that I, is again, just because I can't read Japanese, it makes me want these on the US eShop even more um, because you can start le- like games in certain levels. You can like completely modify. It's like an arcade board what mm. options they gave you. It's like you have dip switches for all these games now. Um, so you can do all these cool things. I know JJ, you've been playing, you've had access to this collection for a while and you probably have better, obviously a better understanding than I do of all the options in there. So what have you been right. playing the most out of that collection? Um, well, I've been probably playing outrun the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've played everything once. Um, and, uh, I haven't, I haven't played it that much, but like I, I was playing with, around with the options and it's really cool how like a lot of games just have like straight up cheat modes, like mm-hmm. Echo the Dolphin, you can straight cheat because nobody wants to play that game. Greatest game ever. Normal state. Oh, <laughs> oh nuts, no. Dude. That game is not good. Guess what? You know what I learned? Just not to, um, yeah, I am going to derail this. Is it the Japanese version of Echo or is it the US version? Because apparently they're different. I didn't know they were, but they are. There are like different oh, levels in those games. I believe it's Japanese. I think the text that came up was Japanese. So yeah, okay. I think it's the Japanese one. So that has like totally different, hmm. so a couple like totally different levels. And I think the Japanese cartridge version has a level that you only find in the Japanese cartridge version. Hmm. Exclusive. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. For I didn't know that. It's a it's a it's a great collection, and uh, like I mentioned, uh, a lot the the second I, I don't know what they're really calling it, like the second set of uh, Sega 3D classics are going to be coming uh, one per month with Afterburner 2 uh, just came out this this past month or in January and then uh, in March we're going to be getting Outrun so we're going to have Can't to come fast enough it's I, I, Afterburner I, oh go ahead oh sorry go ahead Afterburner 2 uh, comes with the uh, the extra mode by the guy who did Ikaruga right I don't know I think it does in the US version well, I, I'm sure the Japanese and the U.S. version are the same, but um, yeah. That's a good question. Well, the cool thing is that I have my 3DS right here so I can boot it up, uh, and it has awesome <laughs> 3D rendition of the cockpit of uh, Afterburner 2. This game is just synonymous with Terminator 2 for me, though. <laughs> like I, I cannot play this game <laughs> oh without thinking God. Terminator 2. Uh, and that, that kid from Salute Your Shorts. Ah, um, so. Nick. Yes, holy crap, even you remember that. Um, so let's go, we can go to, oh, there's a button called Secret. Yes. <laughs> the, game will need to, the game will need to reset to change the settings. Okay. This is Whoa. exciting. Whoa. <laughs> can you tell us what's going Can you describe what you're yeah. seeing? 
I don't know. I, I, there's like this toggle for this, <laughs> like the options are number of lives, difficulty, secret. Yeah. And if you and toggle the, secret, I don't know. It's like a completely like rearranged version of the game. Right. And it's like faster. It's like more like afterburner climax in terms of speed and stuff. I don't know, but okay. So yeah, there's input settings. You can change all the, the, um, like the buttons and stuff like that. You can even use your circle pad pro for it. There's all these different options for screen settings. So you can have, um, like if you want to like have, uh, like the outline of the like arcade machine, um, like if you were playing in the cockpit and it will actually like rotate with you, like if you were rotating to the side, the, oh, the yeah. actual screen will stay the same. So it gives you that feeling like you are moving, but the screen they, tube is not moving. They did that with Such hang love. on as well. Didn't they? I think they did it with hang on as well. They might've, um, yeah. But uh, there's moving HUD. So they give you all these different, like there's pages and pages of options. There's equalizers. Um, There's things where you can totally change like the volume output. Um, It is just a great package for like $6. These are just unbelievable values. And I think you should really buy every single one of them. Even if you want a retail release, it doesn't look like we'll get one uh, in the States. Uh, Also looking at how the the cart version sold in Japan. Like it only sold like 30,000 copies uh, the first week in Japan. So I don't think- That's unfortunate. It is super unfortunate. Um, But maybe it's just a a sign that people are going more digital over there. I don't know. Um, But- Maybe. Maybe, but I I think like I I I even went back and forth with, I think it was Julian on on Twitter's like the head of PR over its, or the head of, their, their Twitter account at, at Sega, uh, saying like, yeah, if you want like a retail version, like definitely make sure you're supporting the digital versions. And, uh, as much as I hate Nintendo's eShop account, I actually bought $30 worth of, um, points cards to make sure I can buy all these games. Um, so you should, you should definitely check them out. And, uh, like I said, I would buy all these, um, and I, I will say just another thing real quick. Uh, I got a copy of a review copy of Steel Empire for the 3DS. Um, this is a game that has unbelievable box art in Japan, and it goes for like $200 in Japan. Um, but you can get it uh, on the Sega Genesis here in America for about 20 bucks if you want to get the original game. Steel Empire on the 3DS is $30. It's a little expensive. Yeah. Um, I would say it's it's a lot expensive for um, a game you could probably complete in maybe 30 minutes. Um, with that being said, the game is absolutely outstanding. It's one of my favorite shooters, and it is a game that uh, even if you want to try it on, on the Genesis first, you might want to do that. But I think it is uh, a game that is perfect for the handheld because the, the stages are maybe five minutes long. It is very challenging without being bullet hell difficult and you actually have a health bar so you can get hit more than one time and there's you know health that will pop up you play through it on normal and i like i said i beat it today and then you unlock your harder difficulty there's achievements in it so you're unlocking other stuff that you can play in the game so uh it was just on sale people were telling me it was on sale for 16 dollars around christmas time and i think that's the sweet spot if you can find it for like $15, $16, I would jump on it on the eShop. Um, but $30 is kind of a lot to ask, even with all the upgraded um, improvements with graphics and sound. And the 3D effect is, again, outstanding. It's one of those things that cannot wait for that new hardware to get here on February 13th so I can <laughs> transfer this over and actually play it uh, and have my you know eyes not explode. And make you want to throw up? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that is. I haven't. I haven't really talked. I talked about the new 3ds on on the Player One podcast a little bit, but that is. I think the biggest selling point for me is that I never use 3D, but on the new 3DS, like it is great. It is outstanding where um, I have it turned up all the way and uh, just uh, the only games I have are that Sega 3D Classics collection. But um, I almost like looking forward to replaying old games like Super Mario 3D World and uh, other games that really make good use of that 3D uh, when that new hardware gets here. Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, I hear, has really good 3D when you have uh, really? a new 3DS with the improved textures I got, and wonderful localization. I, I hear that. I heard that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I heard that. And it's like the um, – I got a pre-order for $25 on Amazon. It was like $25.70. Oh, that's uh, a big game for $25. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I was talking um, to obviously a uh, friend – of this show and friend of a four play about trying to figure out exactly how to play this game without getting so overwhelmed in those first, like, I don't know, like the first hour of the game. I don't know when you kind of just trying to figure out what right. to do, even in the demo, like I got access to the uh, demo and it's just like, I, I don't know what to do. So hopefully I think you guys were, were talking about maybe doing something on your podcast just to help you people should, ease in. You should, and anybody who's interested in Monster Hunter should watch the videos by uh, Adam, Adam Ivanko. Uh, he goes by Gaijin Hunter on Tumblr and YouTube. Uh, go search for his videos. They're really great, thorough videos on how to use the weapons in the game. And mm-hmm. like watching him play will get you, Basically, it'll show you how the game is supposed to be played. And if you're you're not familiar with Monster Hunter at all, it's a great way to ease into how the game works. And if you're looking for a weapon that, you know, you don't know what weapon you want to use, I would watch all those videos and just kind of see which one appeals to you. And, and, and to you, I think you really should just, you know, find a, a weapon you're interested in, watch one of his videos, and I think it'll change the game for you. Yeah, I think the the demo has a, a beginner mode, uh, so it has a lot more tutorial in there for you. And um, I was talking with with uh, from A four Roy uh, Roy Blakely about yeah. like just trying to you know ease my myself into it. And I, I even stopped playing the demo. I'm like, I don't care. I, I have the thing pre ordered. It's twenty six bucks, and um, nice. I'm gonna just give it give it a real good college try. Um, yeah, I think it's it. it's one thing to see the the, the beautifully written tutorial text. Um, but, but like to see, to see someone, uh, uh, playing it, uh, through video, I think is a lot more effective in teaching you how to like how the game works. Fair enough. I will definitely, uh, check out some of those videos. And I, I think it's from, from you guys talking about it and the people that like that game, like love the crap out of it, yes. uh, once it starts clicking. So I think it might be worth the, uh, time investment to just, learn how to play it uh to to get the most out of it um along along with that there's uh a new retro game that's going to be re-released uh majora's mask which is uh a fantastic looking uh looking game on on the 3ds which i'm looking forward to play because i never got into it when it was originally released on the n64 like in 2000 in was it 2001? It was 2001, maybe. Oh, man. Like, that that game uh, was just such a, a late title. It was actually April 2000 
Oh, was it okay? Spring 2000 game uh, on wow. N64, but um, it's getting a nice HD, not HD, but it's getting up res and it's running at 60 frames per second and it's using the C stick on the new 3DS. Uh, redone not, textures. Totally, yeah, redone textures. And then you're going to be getting that uh, as well on February 13th. So I got I got that Monster Hunter uh, uh, code, code name Steam. Like Nintendo oh, nice. is bringing it. <laughs> like... They, this they, is a good year for them. Wow. Like out of nowhere, I just like realized that they have all these, you know, great games coming out on the, not only the 3DS, but even the Wii U, like Kirby is coming out in March. Oh yeah. That came out this week. I'm going to be buying that this weekend actually. What? It's out in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> you, oh my God. Yeah. It came out the, the, uh, the Meta Knight. Amiibo, uh, King Day 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 also came out in the oh, same day. Oh, man. Oh, you guys are so lucky. That game looks <laughs> awesome. I didn't realize it. It's coming out like two months early there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we get stuff early. Sometimes we don't. Good for you guys. Um, yes. All right. Well, I don't know. Is, uh, Greg, do you have anything else to, to bring up? I know you're obviously still always working on Generation 16 stuff. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess two things to bring up there. Um, uh, the episode 15. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I know, actually, I, I totally forgot. We're giving away a, uh, a copy of um, Henry Hatsworth and the Puzzling Adventure <laughs> on this week's no, episode of game. the show. It is a fantastic game, and you can find it at your local GameStop for $2.99 if you can find a copy uh, in the States. That they're getting, cheap. It's super cheap, and they're getting rid of all their DS stuff. So there's like all these weird, crazy, like somewhat rare but good games that are getting to be really cheap. Like I even got Fantasy, I gotta go check mine. Fantasy Star Zero for 10 bucks, which I never... What about uh, Ninja 5.0? Is that... Oh, it's impossible. Ninja 5.0. Oh. That's, that's like so a, good. $400. Um, uh. But uh, we're giving that uh, away to someone that is... First, you have to make sure you're following at Back in My Play. And after you hear this, you have to reply to at Back in My Play with your favorite English-themed video game. So that can just be uh, a video game with a stereotypical English person in it with like saying righto and uh, all that, all that, you know, tea time and all that stuff. Um, but I just tea want time. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing with Henry Hatsworth. Like he's drinking tea. It's like, good show. Like that's his, that's his thing. Does, okay. does a game like James Pond count? Yeah, totally. Well, Man, yeah, there's sh- nothing more British than James Pond. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can even say like uh, UK developed games. Too. Oh man. Um, basically you just need to make sure that you are following at back of my play. And then you have to like shoot a tweet to at back of my play with, uh, exactly. Here's a little hint. If you, if you tweet, uh, mega turrican, you're going to win. Oh dude. Yeah. Mega turrican is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Shove that in John and Mark's face. Just like download (laughs) that, that soundtrack and blast it in the office Uh. and, Holy shit, that game has some of the best music in the world. Um, Is that Tim Fullen? I don't know. I have no idea. I'd have to look that up. Um, anyway, keep going. I, I don't know. Uh, but also, this is from uh, Shane Bettenhausen, a uh, friend of the show. I wanted to also mention that it is uh, one of the secret best, and he put that in quotation marks, secret best as he <laughs> trademarked it, uh, yeah. Nintendo 3DS games. So it's got the... Uh, Shane Bettenhausen, uh, mark of 
stamp seal of, of approval, approval or whatever. His secret best. Yeah, but you know, approval. if you're really familiar with his game collection, I don't know how much you want to, how much stock you want to put in that kind of recommendation. What are we talking about? <laughs> Just saying. He he owns a lot of games. Hey, he owns, he owns every game. And pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and I should <clears> say, uh, this is after he called me out for ordering three Nintendo 3DSs. So, Shane Bettenhausen said you were overbuying something? <laughs> he is yeah, he said I was part of the problem on Twitter. But you, then, you have a problem then. But it, but ah. he, like he said, he was cool after I said I was giving away Henry Hatsworth. This is an exact tweet. In that case, all is forgiven. Henry Hatsworth is among the secret best oh. DS games ever. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um, uh, and sorry, Turrican was Chris Huselbeck. That's another like you know Amiga C sixty four superstar. So oh, so good, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think uh, you know before before we wrap it up, I know JJ, you guys are obviously hard at work. You know, typing on computers and Excel Secrets. spreadsheets to translate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing the only thing you can really talk about is you know Monster Hunter Four, which is coming out at, in a couple weeks. Monster Hunter 4, uh, there's Monster Strike that just came out on your iPhone, if you're into those kind of things. Uh, Gunvolt is always good to pick up. Yes, Gunvolt's a great game, labor of love from us, and personal, one of my games of the year last year. Totally. Uh, Definitely get that. Um, If you have a Japanese 3DS, you can get it for 40% off right now, I think, up and through this week. and, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything we can talk about. Um, you know, we're always working on something and this year should see some cool stuff from us. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Stay on the lookout. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, uh, it's only January and we already have all these great, like 2015 is just jam packed with, uh, with amazing games on every It's going to be a much better year than 2014 was. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Dragon age is not going to win any game of the years in this <laughs> yeah. year. Um, all right. Well, like I said, uh, before we wrap up, uh, just thank you everyone out there that is uh, listening and supporting the show. Um, next week, we're going to be having uh, Alex and Mohammed from Brave Wave on the show. Then after that, we're going to be doing Base Wars. And I also have been t- putting out uh, feelers for, for a couple games. Greg and I have been talking about doing uh, Mega Turrican just because I've been talking about doing that game for... I feel like since I started this show two years ago, um, so that will be coming up at at some point. And I, I've noticed some uh, in the past year, our most downloaded episodes were the Sega Saturn one hundred one episode, yeah, uh, the Sega Genesis music episode, and Super yeah. Mario Brothers three. So I guess you guys are kind of looking for some Sega stuff, and um, people like them some Sega. They totally do, and I I love Retronauts. They had an awesome episode on the DS uh, last week, Um, but I think that might be a hole that we can help fill if they don't do a lot of Sega stuff. We can do more Mm -hmm. Sega stuff on here. I love the guys that do Retronauts. They're all great guys, Chris, uh, uh, all those guys, but they are more Nintendo fans than Sega fans. Yeah, it's what they grew up with, totally. Yeah, Yeah. so the Retronauts, while it's great for Nintendo stuff, Sega stuff, kind of lacking, kind of lacking. That's why Greg has a job on this show. That's why we're yes. here. Yeah. Indeed. Um, all right. Well, that is going to uh, wrap it up for, for this episode. Don't forget, you can check out Back of My Play 
com. You can also subscribe to this show on iTunes, submit a review on there. While you're there, check out 8-4-Play if you haven't already, if you want to hear about stuff yes. that goes on in Japan, uh, video games that the guys at uh, men and women, I should say, at 8-4 uh, are playing, and to get some insight into the Japanese video game industry, maybe? A little bit. A little, like, there's sometimes some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, great guests on the show. Sometimes uh, there's there's guests on the show. <laughs> Jake, well, I was going to say, like, you know, Jake Casdall comes on the show a lot. Yes. Um, also, you know, I go on the show if I'm yeah. in Japan sometimes, but uh, really great stuff. And uh, you can follow uh, Greg at S-E-W-A-R-T on Twitter. Uh, JJ is S-P-R-S-K. And I am at Kevin Larrabee on Twitter if you want to talk about uh, video games. So thanks again for, for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week talking with the guys from Brave Wave. Take care.